Welcome to this special edition of the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Graham Richmond, and today we're going to tackle the subject of women in business school and more broadly, women's path to leadership and the power of the MBA. Before we bring on a couple of special guests, I wanted to share some facts and figures. Um, and we'll start with um, a kind of some numbers that I wanted to just share about Fortune 500 companies in America. Um, women hold 6% of CEO roles at Fortune 500 companies. So if you're keeping score at home, that means there are 31 women CEOs versus 469 male CEOs. Of those 31 women, nearly half have MBAs. And another figure or fact that I wanted to share relates to kind of the business school universe. And it basically you know, amounts to this. In 2005, there were zero business schools reporting more than 40% female enrollment. In 2019, that number actually jumped to 19 business schools. So I just want to put those numbers out there. I feel like um, it would be an understatement to say that there's clearly a lot more work to be done in this domain. And to talk about what's actually happening on the ground level, we're really lucky to have two guests on the show today. And those guests are Jill Melton and Anne Cadigan Dunlap. Um, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of background as you tune in today so that you can better understand where our guests are coming from. So we'll start with Jill. Um, Jill is the Assistant Dean of Working Professional Admissions at the SMU Cox School of Business. She oversees admissions across the professional MBA, executive MBA, online MBA, and MBA Direct programs at the school. And Jill has a really rich background in industry, having worked in various marketing roles for over 13 years with companies like Honeywell, 3M, and Sabre Holdings. She holds an MBA from Emory University and a BA from the University of Puget Sound. Welcome, Jill. Thanks, Graham. Good to be here. It's my pleasure to have you. Um, our other guest today is Anne Cadigan Dunlop, and she is the Director of Working Professional MBA Career Programs at SMU's Cox School of Business. And in this role, she provides programming, guidance, and coaching to students in the Working Professional MBA programs. She holds an MBA from the Wharton School at UPenn and a BA from Colgate University. Welcome, Annie. Thank you, Graham. It's great to be here today. So I'm, you know, I, I'm really excited to have both of you on the show because, you know, some of the things that you all are on the front lines with, with respect to management education are just going to be super helpful as we discuss this topic. So before we dive into today's discussion, I just wanted to give each of you a chance to add a little bit in terms of your backgrounds or in particular, anything you want to share with us as it pertains to kind of your current role and what you're doing, um, you know, in that role. So let's start with you, Jill. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Sure. So as Assistant Dean of Admissions, my role is really to help candidates understand the value of what an MBA degree can bring to them in their careers and then help them go through that admissions process um, and then bringing them here as students. And so being a female and being a female MBA myself, I'm particularly passionate about working with our female candidates and making sure that they understand the unique value that an MBA can provide them, not only immediately in their career, but also over the long term of their career. So as we talk about this today, this is a, this is a really important area for me um, personally and professionally. That makes sense. Yeah. Annie, is there anything that you want, would like to share, I mean, particularly about your kind of your current role? Yeah, I think what I'd like to highlight is that I've been at the university for almost five years um, and during that time working as both a career coach and designing programs for all of the MBA programs at SMU. 
So I feel like I have a pretty targeted perspective of what the MBA can do for um, women candidates and, um, and all of the diversities across the programs at SMU. Excellent. Yeah. So I'm really excited to kind of get into it here, given both of your backgrounds and yeah, you know, both have MBAs. There's just so much that you both can share. And, you know, as our listeners know, we're talking about women's path to leadership and the power of the MBA. And the impetus for this discussion is really an article that I recently saw where both of you were quoted. And it's sort of about the current state of affairs when it comes to women in the C-suite, C-suite and, you know, women in leadership more broadly. And I should note that, you know, SMU Cox is one of those schools that has indeed hit the 40% uh, women enrollment mark, which is great. And that's why I think, you know, this is going to be so informative to hear from each of you. Annie, would you kind of kick us off here? I want you to share your view on the role that an MBA might be able to play in helping change some of these kind of C-suite stats that I cited at the outset of the show in terms of placing women in positions of leadership more broadly. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about that. Um, I think there's really two areas where I see an amplification um, for the long range career prospect for the MBA candidate. And that number one is the competitive of the skill set and also the networking as the career goes along. Mm -hmm. So to talk a little bit more about the competitiveness, um, I think, you know, there's an amplification of skill set during the program that really comes out in that first role. And let's say the subsequent roles leading up to a C-suite career, Mm -hmm. um, somebody, you know, people learn how to learn in the business environment and they generally come out of the program with a wider range of skill set that will benefit them at all levels of leadership. And then once they get into the actual pursuit of the executive career, what I see happening is the MBA network who you meet in school, the alumni network of the program that you're in, um, or the school that you're working with, you know, at SMU um, here in Dallas, the alumni network is unsurpassed. And that is really how those top C-suite jobs get filled. Mm. You know, it's getting to know people and understanding the whole range of professional and executive skill set that leads to the C-suite. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, you know, just thinking back to doing my own MBA, like I, I really do, you know, it was part education, but also part learning, you know, how to talk with people and how to tap into that network that you're privy to when you graduate. So um, makes a lot of sense. You know, I've been, you know, kind of working in and around MBA admissions for, I guess, more than 25 years now. And I've seen some gains with respect to, you know, greater numbers of women in business school and even, you know, the rise of programs and support networks like Forte Foundation or Elevate that kind of guide women on their leadership journey. With that said, you know, most of the leading MBA programs still have yet to achieve gender parity. And so I wanted to ask you, Jill, do you have any thoughts on what still needs to happen for us to get across that line? I I think that's something, frankly, that all business schools are struggling with. And and that is why it's so great to have partners like the Forte Foundation, for example, that are are solely dedicated to bringing more women into the MBA programs. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed throughout my time working in admissions is that that typically women tend to apply for business school at younger ages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of, the, one of the programs that we launched in the last two years, our MBA Direct program, is an MBA format that is, is designed for individuals with between zero to three years of work experience. And so we've, we've modified the MBA degree to really um, 
target the needs of those early career professionals. And we're proud that our first cohort of the MBA direct class that started two years ago was actually 57% women. Wow. So we were able to break that 50-50 that uh, gender parity mark. And I think that shows uh, how we as business schools need to be a little bit more flexible sometimes in terms of meeting candidates where they are. Um, so we definitely see that that female applicants overall want to start their MBAs earlier. And I, I hear just anecdotally from candidates frequently that they, they feel the pressure to earn their MBA earlier than maybe some of their male counterparts, just because they know that work-life balance or their, their life might become more complicated as they get into their 30s and 40s, for example. Mm-hmm. So that's one example of how SMU Cox has really leaned in and, and started to address some of those needs. I also think um, other things uh, in terms of supporting our women candidates is really important. So making sure that we're flexible with women as they might be having children, as they might be starting families. Um, And then also we'll talk a little bit too, I'm sure, about the different um, organizations and mentorship and our Women in Business Club. I think all of those are really important to making sure that women have a space where they can discuss unique challenges specific to women in business. Yeah, those are great points. I mean, I feel as though, you know, it's it's the landscape is shifting and the degree itself needs to kind of adjust to, I mean, because frankly, way back when um, there were very few women going to these programs when they first, you know, kind of came into being. And so I think, yeah, there's been a little bit of a shift there. One of the um, entities that we've kind of um, mentioned briefly here is the Forte Foundation. And I wondered if, um, Jill, we could kind of stick with you here and have you describe some of the actions that SMU Cox has taken to draw women into the MBA program and maybe specifically with you know respect to Forte Foundation. Sure. So we've been a partner with Forte Foundation for over 15 years, and their mission is to educate women about roles in business, about the power of the MBA, and making the MBA more accessible. So through our partnership with them, for example, we have a Forte Fellows program, we have additional scholarship opportunities for women candidates, and then we work with them um, to bring different resources to, to female candidates in terms of understanding the MBA, but also to um, on the recruiting side and landing roles once when students graduate from the MBA. Some of the other things we do um, on the, the admissions side, I had mentioned scholarship. So that's a key driver uh, for, for women and for all candidates in, in many different ways um, to make the MBA more attainable. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other things we do, as I mentioned, were to make the MBA flexible. So I work specifically with our part-time programs. And so we spend a lot of time working with our students to understand their needs and making sure that the MBA works for them. So whether that's having a more flexible schedule, whether that's being able to take a semester off, uh, maybe just take one course for a time, maybe taking classes online versus on campus. There's many different ways where we can make the MBA more flexible for all of our students. So that helps everybody. But I think in particular, it does help a lot of women candidates um, make sure that they can fit the MBA into their busy lives and careers um, and make sure that they maintain that balance. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense too. And I think um, my next question, I would love to hear from both of you on this one, if possible, because I feel like, you know, in your roles, you're both working 
you know, closely with men and women. Um, Jill, you know, you're admitting them to the programs that you all offer. And Annie, you're providing them with the right resources to advance their careers once they get to campus and maybe even once they, you know, have decided to matriculate. Um, but do you see any differences with respect to supporting women along their MBA journey? And I feel like you've hinted at some of these things, but I'd love to dig a little deeper. Um, and if so, you know, what has SMU Cox done to be successful in this regard and to be counted among the relatively small number of programs with that 40% plus female representation? So, um, Jill, let's start with you because you're, you know, kind of working admissions, bringing these folks in. What differences have you noted? Anything you want to highlight or underline um, from what we've discussed? I think a lot of it is on a very personal level. So, so the things that I've alluded to in terms of flexibility, um, that, that helps all of our students, right? Sure. So it's not just for women versus men or anything like that. But I think what we do at SMU Cox is we really work with the individual candidates to understand what are their drivers. And I think in working with female candidates, a lot of times it's it's helping them see that that they do belong here, that this is a good choice, see the outcomes, that this this has a definite direct impact on their future earning potential, on their future career optionality, and the different choices that they'll have throughout their career. Um, and so really seeing that end to end. So a lot of times it's it's getting more specific with candidates about their own journey and making sure that they see exactly how this investment will help them. Um, and so I would say that's that's where my team spends a lot of our time is working really, really carefully with those candidates. And then, of course, once there's students here working with Annie's team on the career side to make those dreams a reality and really putting that into play. Yeah. And so speaking of that, Annie, what, what are your thoughts here? I mean, you're working closely with these students as they journey through the program. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've noticed in terms of the kindness of support you can provide to women? Yeah, um, I will concur with Jill that I think one of the things that we do really well here at SMU in the working professional program specifically is we we start really early um, trying to get to know the students and meeting each student where they are coming into the program. We try to learn what their outcomes, their you know their desired outcomes are going to be, and really work to develop the skill sets. Um, that will get them, uh, you know, land them that post-MBA role and, at the level where they want to be. And as Jill's pointed out, um, you know, there's a wide range of group that comes in, and we look to really target where that individual wants to lie. We don't have one outcome, and we don't have one set of programming or skill development programs that we put people through. So I think that um, what we're hoping to do in the career management side uh, with all of our candidates is to strengthen the executive skill sets that lead to these higher level roles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we try to identify how we can help each student um, really strengthen what they do well and then maybe fill in some of the gaps where they have you know, lesser quality skills. And then Jill also pointed out flexibility. You know, I think um, especially today, uh, what, what I would want to highlight is that flexibility is very important for the young women that come into the program, but it's very important for all of our candidates today. Yeah. Um, and, and, what I, yeah and what I mean by that is um, not just flexibility and timing, but also um, environment. People are looking for a range of environment today 
um, and feel that they want to be successful in a range of environments, whether it's um, you know, a working from home environment, whether it's working in a corporate environment, um, and then also an openness to shifting within the organization once they've found a place to land. You know, um, I think that that's what the MBA does for a lot of women. It allows them to gain some skill sets in that first role coming out of the MBA and then take a look at what they do well and maybe pursue a different path than they thought they originally were going to pursue or potentially get into a corporate environment and explore a different skill set or a different functionality than mm. they might have before they had the MBA. Yeah, and I, I just think um, one of the things that obviously puts you at an advantage is that it sounds like you're able to provide really tailored um, advice and counsel to the students coming through the program. And, and it's that sort of personal touch because you're right. Some people might come in and maybe already know where they're going afterwards. Maybe they're sponsored or, you know, they're, they're going to be staying at their current job and, and just advancing within that career. Um, and others might be looking to pivot or so, so being able to have that kind of flexibility to give them, as you said, the skills that they need, um, makes a lot of sense. I did want to call attention to, you know, a couple of um, kind of campus, uh, you know, organizations that I presume play a role here. One of them is the Women in Business Club. Um, and the other is, it sounds like there are some, you know, maybe not related to that club, there's some female kind of mentorship opportunities that play a part in the MBA experience for women at SMU Cox. So I don't know, Annie, are you able to kind of um, just sort of walk us through those two sort of facets of the program? Yeah, um, I love that. So focusing, let's say, on the women in business experience, uh, being a part of that student organization while you're in a working professionals program. Um, as the CMC, we work with the student organizations um, almost as employer liaisons, helping plan events or helping networking connections come to life during the course of a student's experience in an organization. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from a career standpoint, we also see sometimes that first mentoring experience or um, the first networking experiences coming through those student, those student organizations, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, whether it's a student-to-student -student relationship that's mentor-based or potentially networking-based, or a student alumni or a student employer, we see the student organizations as being a direct conduit to um, growing that experience for the women in business. Excellent. Yeah, I guess, I mean, one of the things I wondered is, and you it sounds like you're, you're hinting at this, but to what extent are the graduates of the program who are out there, you know, in the workforce and, you know, presumably, um, you know, those who are further along in their career are maybe heading in that direction of a C-suite role or, you know, at least senior kind of um, management positions. Are they, is there an active way that you're connecting them with the, the kind of, um, you know, female students in the program? Yeah, I think um, both Jill and I work actively to um, very early on connect people coming into the program or people who are interested in the program with some of our successful alumni mm -hmm. uh, so that they can see what the career outcomes look like, but also that they're not recreating the wheel, that they can envision this person has done what I want to do, and, um, and that begins the mentor relationship right from the get-go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's terrific. And I, I will say, you know, on this program, like we tend to talk a lot about full-time MBA programs, 
But I've heard repeatedly that in some instances, other program formats, whether it's online or part-time or working professional, et cetera, or even, um, you know, Jill, you were talking about the um, MBA direct offering, which allows people to get started, you know, earlier in their career, um, that those types of programs are doing a really good job of attracting women. Um, Jill, what's been your experience on this front and how might these types of programs be particularly well-suited to women? Absolutely. So across the board, the the working professional MBA programs, so our part-time MBA programs here at SMU Cox, we have four of them. Um, Across the board, they have more female students as well as more um, ethnic and racial diversity. Hmm. So overall, it, it does represent a more diverse student population. And I think in the particular area of of female MBAs, what we see and what I hear from working with our candidates is is um, they don't want to leave the workforce. They want to continue to earn income and continue to build their career while earning their MBA. And I think some of that comes from um, pressure that that women in their 20s feel to be able to do as much as you can before you might start a family or might might think about starting a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where some of that comes from is that you want to be able to continue growing your career as fast as you can while still earning your MBA. And then for some of our students, and this includes males as well, of course, some of our students that do have children and do have families um, or have a lot going on in their personal life, they do want that flexibility that the part-time program can afford, um, where you're taking one or two classes at a time. Certainly the online MBA gives students a lot of flexibility and that you can take coursework from anywhere. Um, and then even our on-campus options, it does give you that flexibility to slow down where, where you want to or where needed. So I think that's a really important component um, that lends itself to being more attractive to a di- more diverse audience than perhaps some full-time programs. Got it. And Annie, is there anything that you want to add on this one? Because I, I think, you know, you're probably seeing it too, especially, you know, as you work with these individuals, you probably get to know, you know, these students quite well and understand you know, like what, what are they up to in their personal life or, you know, at their job and, and how is that meshing with the study of management at SMU Cox? And yeah, what, what's your take on this? Like to what extent are these different program formats really helping to bring more women into the MBA environment? Yeah, well, I think today, uh, today specifically, meaning, you know, 2022, um, women are very, very cognizant of where they fit in the wage scenario in the corporate environment. And uh, right now, you know, wages and job opportunity is very, very strong in the economy here in Dallas and across the U.S. economy in general. So one of the things we see that really benefits some of our students coming into the working professional programs is that there's no, um, there's no lack of cash flow. You know, you don't have to give up your income to do the part-time program. Um, and you're getting the benefit of whatever salary increases or wage increase you get during that two years of work experience while you're in the program. Um, So you're benefiting that way specifically in today's economy. And then when you come out, of course, there's the expectation of a significant bump with the MBA degree for whatever career outcome you land in. Um, And then additionally, I think staying in a productive environment, a productive job environment where you can put the skills from the MBA program right to work immediately gives some of our students an additional two years of real, um, expanded, more executive um, experience. 
that shows up on their resume as they're looking for their you know, post-degree outcome. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that really benefit our students, especially our women, um, because we've learned, you know, they have learned in the program how to communicate uh, the benefits of those skill sets, and um, it really shows in the outcomes. Yeah, and I, you know, we actually did an episode on the podcast a few weeks ago about kind of um, this idea of of working while pursuing the MBA and the ability to like literally learn something in a marketing class, you know, in the evening and then the next day at work be able to kind of put it into action. So I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, I did want to go back to Jill. Um, Jill, you spoke earlier about the MBA Direct, I think is what you called it, which is the program at SMU Cox that allows early career folks to get a, you know, get access to an MBA. And I wondered if you'd be willing um, to just give me the lay of the land on how that program is structured in the sense that, you know, we, we've actually done um, some episodes in the past where we talk about like deferred enrollment type MBA programs that exist. Um, but this sounds a little different. So I wondered if you could just kind of run us through, like, how is that program structured? Who's it for? And so forth. Absolutely. Um, so one one thing that we noticed uh, a few years ago is that earlier and earlier candidates wanted to pursue the, the MBA. And these were typically outstanding candidates, um, individuals that had great internships in undergrad, um, awesome undergrad experience and GPAs, typically studied business, um, and were doing really great in their first job out of college. And they were very hungry to start the MBA. But us, like most schools, do require two years of post-undergraduate uh, work experience. And that's really for two reasons. One, to make sure that you have the right um, skills and experience to draw from for the classroom. But also, that's typically what corporate recruiters are looking for. So when you're going for an MBA-level job, we want, always want to make sure that our students are set up for success. Mm -hmm. So knowing that that was, was a you know, concern but also knowing that we, we consistently received applications from some really outstanding individuals, we wanted to create a program that would be good for them. So the MBA Direct is designed for individuals that have between zero and three years of post-undergraduate professional work experience. So some students that are starting this fall, for example, are graduating from undergrad in May, mm -hmm. where some have been working for two years already. Um, and what we've done with the curriculum is we've actually slowed it down, which sounds counterintuitive at first, um, but but the reason why we did that is, one, we want to make sure that students are graduating with between three to six years of professional work experience. So it's actually a three-year-long program. Um, and you're not taking additional coursework. It's, it's just simply slowed down. Because the other thing that we heard from some of our earlier career professionals is that they have less control over their schedule. Mm. So thinking back, of course, to maybe your first job out of undergrad, um, you know, you, you didn't necessarily have control over your schedule. You might have been working really long hours. And we wanted to make sure that our students were able to comfortably fit the MBA into their life. So students are taking um, a little bit of a slower pace. And then it's lengthened over three years. And then we have made mandatory all of the managing your career um, coursework and prep work that Annie and her team teaches because that's so vital to our early career professionals as they're looking for those MBA level jobs. We've also made it um, a requirement that they're taking our business communications course, which is optional for, for uh, more experienced uh, groups. And so that that is really important for our, our 
earlier career professionals as they begin to navigate the, the corporate world, how they communicate, how they communicate up, how they communicate succinctly, for example. Mm-hmm. So, so far, we've seen outstanding interest in the program and have been able to admit some really outstanding individuals. Um, it's a, It's done in the first year online. So that also affords a lot of flexibility to candidates. And we've seen that. Um, That's been really important, especially during COVID. A lot of students have been relocating or have been promoted and they've had to relocate for their jobs. So that flexibility of being online is actually proven to be really important. Um, And then students in their second and third year have the option to take classes on campus or remain online. So again, back to that flexibility piece. So Jill, I really appreciate you kind of giving us the lay of the land on that program because I do feel like the market has moved and I think, you know, there've been a number of reasons for it, but I, I agree that, you know, younger uh, candidates are are more active in the candidate pool. They seem, there seems to be this <laughs> desire to get going with the MBA and we see this uh, across a number of business schools kind of trying to create new programs and, and you know, your program here sounds really terrific. Um, I did want to ask, um, Annie, do you have any kind of closing thoughts on you know, women in business and, and, you know, do you feel like if we were to record this episode five years from now, do you think we're going to see the, the meter moving when it comes to the percentage of business schools that are hitting this kind of gender parity mark? Um, or, you know, even these numbers with respect to fortune 500 companies, are you hopeful? I mean, do you feel like you're seeing results on the ground here and your work with the candidates as they go out into the workforce? Yes. Um, great question. I do think I've seen impact and, you know, just to circle it back to my own experience, you know, I'm of the age at this point where the women in my cohort are the ones who are seeking the C-suite. So I've seen the impact of the MBA in my own cohort. I've seen women with, um, you know, 25 year careers at large corporations getting the shot to be CFO, getting the shot to be CEO, um, being on the board of directors of some of these companies. So I know it works because I'm seeing it working now. So I know that the numbers will move and I know that we will see a greater degree of parity in the future. Um, Regarding our current working professional environment, uh, you know, the only thing I can say um, from my own experience is that um, I do spend a lot of time in thoughtful conversations with young women talking about the major investment that an MBA is, both in their career, in the time, and um, you know, the time from their personal life, and potentially you know, the financial commitment. Mm-hmm. And I can only encourage people, young women, to, to make that investment in themselves. Oftentimes when they're thinking about um, jumping on an MBA program, they're not really understanding that they're choosing themselves, they're choosing their own career, and they're choosing to invest in their own possibilities. Um, And I feel that the sooner young women get comfortable with investing in themselves and and having that make the impact, um, you know, the quicker the parity will arrive in the corporate environment. 
Yeah, that is great advice. I feel like that's advice that um, is pretty universal too. I feel like often, you know, we have to tell everyone that, you know, gosh, going off to business school is a terrific investment to make in yourself. Um, Jill, I want to turn to you as we kind of wrap up here. Is there anything else that you wanted to add today's discussion? I mean, I feel like I've learned a ton about everything that you all are doing at SMU Cox um, across these different programs and, you know, what's happening out there on the ground with respect to, you know, ways to attract more women and to help serve that population within these programs. But what else would you like to add as we kind of wrap up here today? I would certainly echo Annie's comments. And as I was thinking about our discussion today, I couldn't help but think back um, to myself pre-MBA and what I was thinking as a a woman a few years out of undergrad, um, single, uncertain where my life was going to take me, where my career was going to take me, where I was going to live, what my career path was going to be. And I remember being counseled by some, some individuals to take paths that were, uh, I would say, more, more stable or more family-friendly. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, you know, obviously that, that was well-intentioned advice. But I think one thing that, that I'm always um, really cognizant of when, when speaking with younger women about the future and when I hear that kind of uncertainty in their voice around, should I make this investment or should I not do my MBA because I don't know if I'm going to be working in 10 years, for example? You know, what if I step away from the workforce for a time period? Um, what I always want to empower women to, to remember is that you have a very long road ahead of you and the world continues to become much more flexible. We've seen this with COVID, right? Mm. A lot more flexible. You want to make sure that you're keeping all of your options open for as long as you can. And one of, one of the best ways to do that is through education and through building your skills. And so I think the MBA is extremely powerful in that and that it can help you in any industry, in any career path. It can help you pivot multiple times. I mean, both Annie and I have worked in multiple industries. Um, you know, I am a mother of young children, and so I've certainly uh, had to navigate that part of my life as I've continued to grow my career. And so what I want, you know, just as Annie does, what I want to do is make make sure women feel empowered that this is going to be a wonderful investment in themselves and in their future career. And that might change multiple times over the course of their career, but it's always going to serve them really well. The MBA will always serve them really well. And so I think through positive messages like that, we continue to see more and more women leaning in into the degree and continuing to lean in into higher education rather than um, kind of counting themselves out or delaying um, before they necessarily have to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that is, you know, just really terrific advice. And I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe in a few years time, we can come back together and talk about this again and point to some very different numbers in terms of the gains that are <laughs> hopefully forthcoming uh, in this domain. But I really want to thank both of you for taking part today. I think I, I just feel really privileged to have had the chance to sit down with, you know, two uh, female MBA graduates um, doing amazing things to help women find their path to leadership. So um, Jill and Annie, thank you so much for taking part today. Thanks for the opportunity, Graham. Thank you, Graham. So everyone, um, stay tuned. We've got more episodes coming your way. And please remember to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen.